Welcome back to the Sweaters Club, guys. As always, I'm your host, Mikey Moore. It's the end of 2023, and for our final episode of the year, we had the pleasure of speaking with Jesse and Steph from Gothic Metalcore outfit Silver Fang. After rebranding after COVID, the band dropped four incredible singles, showcasing their unique synth-driven metalcore sound, and also dropped a set of connected narrative music videos. We spoke to the band about their creative process, filming three music videos in a single day, and what they plan to unleash in 2024. Listen in. Alrighty, welcome back to the Sweaters Club, guys. Uh, tonight, to round out 2023, I'm joined by Steph and Jesse of Melbourne Gothic Metalcore band Silver Fang. How are you both? Yeah, real good, man. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. Well, um, it, it's kind of funny because my history with you guys actually goes back to, I believe it's 2019. And um, I say that because I saw you guys open a show. Uh, I can't even remember which one it was. I, I tried to to go back in the archives, but I think you've, you've uh, wiped that part <laughs> of your socials. But it was back when you guys were called Red Lotus. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got in my, um, my message trails uh, me messaging you guys saying you had a new fan. So it's uh, <laughs> cool to talk to you guys. God, I'm thinking 2019, that probably would have been with um, Pride Lands, I think, at, at Bank, uh, maybe. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I reckon it might have been Pride Lands. Um, yeah, I think probably there. What was that? That dark, dark, um, dark pictures. Was that the song? That that launch or something? I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, I think, I think Bloom be- actually played that one too. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's all coming back to me now. Probably one of yeah. the last times I ever went to Bang as well. So, yeah. yeah, seriously, I think same here. Yeah, it was pretty much like that, and I think it was like starting of, of almost COVID esque kind of like gloomy dream times. Yep. Yeah, it's it's so weird to think of that as like pre COVID. Uh, yeah. You know, little did we know six months later the world would change forever. You know. <laughs> yeah. Pretty pretty wild. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, I know because I, I really wanted to go back to that time as well, and I, I listened to to the Illuminate record from when you guys were Red Lotus, which is really cool. And to listen all the way to the new songs you put out now, so much evolution. I'm loving the inclusion of the the synths, which has added so much depth to to your sound. How has the, the writing process changed for you guys? Because it sounds like there's some new tools at your disposal, some new methods. Yeah, I think um, there's probably two fundamental things that changed reasonably drastically. Um, coming into the kind of creation of what we wanted to do was differently with Silver Fang um, was a lot led by Steph. Um, so in the past, I was always just the primary songwriter and um, most of the primary instruments I still do the bulk of the work on, but Steph has, um, well, she creates what we call loops, um, and she, that's her passion. So she, she got a couple of different like synths and keyboards and essentially sometimes we start songs with her just kind of creating and having fun. And then if I hear her doing something, I'll be like, Hey, that that's an idea. Let's start working from that. So rather than it just being from the basis of like a riff or some kind of idea that I was working on, it'll start from that kind of territory, which, um, kind of leans almost more like, it's like a hip hop style approach. Um, you know, working with like a beat of, of sorts to begin with. Um, so that's one way that it happens or I'll still write in the way I always have and she'll come and do layers over the top afterwards. Um, so they're probably the main 
shifts along with um, we also work with Cal from Dream on Dreamer. He does um, some mm. post-production programming for us, um, which is just great because it gives me, like he sends us, what, like 40 tracks often per song of textures, some leads, some atmospheric stuff, um, which is a really cool kind of final way to finalise that landscape of the, the sonic kind of textures of the song. And I think even just to add to that, like the main difference, Red Lotus was kind of like, an experiment for Mm. both of us. Like I came from more of like this pop punk kind of like, (laughs) you know, band and um, Jesse was in um, Asperity Within. So they were like pretty like, you know, heavy. I don't know if you would call it like deathcore-esque sort of thing. So Red Lotus was really kind of like, okay, what can we do together? Like how do we, how does Jesse write for someone who sings? How do I develop my voice enough to even be able to scream? Like that was some of the first times like I was even, you know, really trying to scream at that point. And then, you know, as as like Lotus like ended and we started developing Silver Fang, I became a lot more confident in my voice, who and what I wanted to sound like as well. So really trying to develop my unique sound alongside Jesse being like, okay, cool. Like I can write just really kind of like heavy stuff now, um, which which has been really, really like I think liberating for both of us because I, I'm i going to say out of like a, a, a whim here, I rock, probably listen to the heaviest music in the band currently. I know in the past mm. Jesse, Jesse probably has, but currently I'm probably, yeah, like, the heavy, <laughs> the heavy listener. <laughs> um, so for me, I'm like, I want us to get heavier and heavier as we progress. Mm. Whereas I feel like a lot of other bands almost like start lighter and then, sorry, start heavier and then they get lighter. And I'm almost like, as I keep developing myself, my screens and the different, you know, like a, a technique hoarder at this point, like any kind of vocal technique, I'm like, all right, give me, let me learn it. Um, I feel like as I get more in my arsenal, hopefully I just, I become, yeah, more and more diverse in what we can do as a band as well. Yeah, it's interesting you you should say that because I was going through all your curated playlists of, of each of the members, mm-hmm. and um, you can tell like obviously there's a there's a common theme of um, a few of the bands, but it all it all seems like you guys have different influences you bring to the band, and you can certainly hear it in the way you guys sound. Um, it's a really nice amalgamation of all different styles that make you stand out. That's cool, man. Nice to hear. I think that, um, like Steph was saying, it, it's a lot more intentional these days, um, mm. which is nice. And while I have a very strong kind of vision for how I want the songs to be, like structurally, um, a lot of what goes into it, like when we're writing and what I want to be playing live, aren't necessarily the same things. So it's nice when, like live, I just want it to be like as heavy as possible. <laughs> it's just more yeah. fun, like more riffs and shit. So. Um, yeah, like I'm really happy with us getting heavier and heavier and it's been great to see, um, you know, Step evolve with her voice throughout that process too. Yeah, for sure. And, and with the the new synth parts to your music, um, did you find that you were bringing in a lot of, you know, outside influences with that as well, like outside of heavy music? Um, yeah, I mean, I listen to a, like just some electronic kind of like, it's more like dark electronic sounds as well um or sorry artists um so yeah i listen to them and i just try to i mean even pop music man like is it's just the same loop over and over again generally you know what i mean or they take one loop they use the same motif and they just kind of change it slightly to make the song sound somewhat progressive so 
I really wanted to write with a lot of that stuff in mind for Silver Fang because it's just another hook. It's another, you know, earworm that people can attach to. So, yeah, that's – I really enjoy, like, Jesse will know. I'll just, like, doodle for, like, hours and it probably gets a little bit <laughs> a little bit over it because it's more or less, like, the same thing just over and over again until I feel like that loop is, is done. So it's almost, like, torturous for him. <laughs> but uh, it definitely works. It definitely gets us, like, closer to, you know, having a really good, like, seed for us to then, you know, continue to work on that motif and bring it into a full song. And that's obviously not to say that Jesse doesn't write his own, you know, hooks or riffs that then become songs as well. It's just like, just like a nice thing when we have, you know, multiple songwriters in the band, it makes the whole process easier. And, you know, even like um, Sully, our bass player, you know, he's, he's got a plethora of riffs too that he'll bring to the table as well. We, we have like this massive seed bank purely mm. because we, we can all actually write some level of music um and then jesse and i yeah being like the primary people we just develop them and continue to work until it becomes a song fantastic and so you mentioned before that the red lotus came to an end and you wanted to i guess rebrand as silver fang um tell me that what's the inspiration behind the name silver fang it's it's been fun uh we've had like jumping forward a bit, but we've had some people online um, kind of tell us what they think it's from as well. And there's, so there's, there seems to be a few mentions of it um, across uh, different kind of animes and uh, fandoms and things like that. Um, for us, it wasn't something direct. Um, we later remembered that one of the animes we've watched, One Punch Man, there is a character actually called Silver Fang. Um, oh, cool. So whether that stuck in us kind of subconsciously in when we were visualising what we wanted the band to kind of the name to be. Um, again, we were pretty um, very literal about what we wanted the name to be. Uh, we wanted it to appear kind of aggressive um, and not necessarily flashy. We kind of we liked the idea of silver as it being like a little bit more mature. Um, and we kind of didn't want to do another color, like to be honest. And then once we kind of we chose it, we're like, oh well, this is, I guess we're here again. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, uh, so we, when we've had people, you know, some people be like, oh, yeah, it's Silver Fang from blah, blah, blah. Yeah, cool. I'm like, yeah, no worries. Like, however people attach to it, like, whatever. We had a, a one guy, um, I think he thought it was um, some werewolf something. Yeah. And there was a group of werewolves called the Silver Fangs, and he thought it yeah. was from that. I was like, yeah, man, whatever. Like, um, yeah, whatever, however you attach to it. But for us, yeah, it was really intentional, and, and I'm I'm really happy with, you know, band names are a hell of a thing to come up with, so... There were some doozies. I wish we sort of had that list so we could share some of the, <laughs> just the terrible, like, late night, you know, brainstorming for a new band name. And I think, like, you know, we, we also really love anime. So mm. um, I, I remember when we were looking at it as well, you know, in Naruto there's the White Fang, which is, you know, Kakashi's um, father, I believe, is the White Fang. And I always thought that was just such a sick, like, ninja name. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we kind of, like, played off the idea of, like, Fang. I think that's where we originally got the idea for, like, Fang. And we tried to brainstorm a bunch of different words in front or after and just, yeah, couldn't couldn't escape the colour, as Jesse said. Well, um, I guess renaming and rebranding a band can almost be both a scary and a liberating thing. Um, how difficult was it sort of starting fresh and getting the name back out? Because you guys had already developed quite a fair bit of momentum uh, before you guys rebranded. So how was that for you guys starting fresh? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was, it didn't feel, I guess, as though we had a bunch of momentum, or at least for us, because the way that we're moving now as a band literally feels like we're moving at 10 times the speed that we were previously. Like we've really tried to set everything up um, so everything just kind of hopefully <laughs> continues to snowball. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was more liberating, to be honest. I felt like, again, just from like our musical taste with Lotus, we definitely got put into this, this prog box, um, you know, and for me as well, like, and I know for the other guys in the band, we wanted to be more metalcore. We wanted to really be writing a lot more metalcore style songs. And so obviously with the rebrand, there's no um, there's no attachment to genres. You get to choose. And like Jesse said, we're trying to be really intentional with how we're writing, how we're marketing, and they were more or less afterthoughts, I think, with, with um, Red Lotus, whereas now, like, you should see the, the spreadsheets. You should see my my brainstorming sessions. I've got a whiteboard behind the me. Whiteboard, got, yeah. <laughs> the whiteboard behind me is like my <laughs> – I feel like that guy is from like, you know, it's always sunny and sunny in California. Is that the – has got the fucking pins and shit <laughs> yeah. all behind him. Like that's me kind of constantly um, and I love that. So it's been, it's been nice. It's been nice to have that intention because that gives me like North Star and it gives mm-hmm. us that North Star to be like, cool, we all want to move here let's connect all these like strings and dots and and get to the point where we want. So, yeah, it's been – I haven't really noticed it. It feels like, yeah, definitely like a step up, a step in the, the direction we wanted to go. And I think to um, kind of adding on from that, COVID mm. <laughs> hit. And so I think that kind of really screwed everyone up. Um, so kind of everyone was starting from scratch in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we parted by the, our old drummer, um, brought Kretz into the team and so it kind of it really gave us like Steph said a really good amount of time to reset to get our prior- priorities straight really get the strategy going um, get our team right and um, build those foundations so that as you know being a band's nuts there's so much work to do and you on top of your full-time jobs and stuff so if you don't kind of have most of your processes locked away um, you're just gonna be chasing your, cha- your tail um, and we want to make sure that we still enjoy being a band. That's really important for us, um, particularly on the writing end. Um, I'm not, I don't, in the past I've had, you know, not hit deadlines for writing and stuff because of the, what my process just wasn't there. Um, and that was shit. It's not what you want. Um, so now to be, you know, we've got that first set of songs that are still being released. Um, we've got a whole other set beyond that. And then beyond that, I've still got, I think I've hit over 40 seeds um, for future things. That for me is like a really good sign that everything we have created is rolling and is working because now it's a matter of if we want to write a song, it's not, okay, cool, let's sit down and try and write something. It's like, okay, let's look through the bank. What's the coolest idea that jumps out to us? Like we're much more likely to write something that's going to be really worth our time to put that energy into. Um, and it's been really freeing too because whenever – we come up with an idea, whether I just pick up a different guitar than usual and I kind of get a little riff, I'm like, oh, sick, chuck it in Guitar Pro. And I'll just flesh it out until, you know, I'll just, I will enjoy it. We'll go for that ride and it'll end up being what it ends up being. Sometimes we almost do a whole song. Sometimes we do just, you know, a couple of parts there. But when we go to then write something later on, we've got all this stuff to begin with, like the um, the inception point or the, you know, the, the pure creativity is done. Um, then we can kind of approach it analytically and 
those two things together get you back onto that, that kind of flow state to develop it further. So just it's kind of a bit of a sign that all the things we're doing are kind of, yeah, working together and continuing that ball rolling so we can enjoy it as well as be doing what we want to be doing too. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned as well about doing things more intentionally and I think there's it's no more evident in the uh, the singles and the music videos you put out, which I notice. Uh, so we've had Act Three, we've had Act Two. So Act Three was a blind. Act Two was Carnage, uh, which have a very amazing animation style and seems like you guys have put a lot of thought into it. I, I get sort of like Squid Game, Stranger Things vibes. It's it's really awesome. Um, tell me about the planning that went into that concept and how difficult was it getting made? Cause it seems like it would have been a monumental task. Yeah, yeah. it definitely was. Can I, I might start with the start part of it and you can go into the more details, huh? So uh, originally it was really fun for us to think of what were the three songs that we wanted to push the most and make videos from them. So third, obviously there's one more coming um, and try to make a cohesive story out of them in a way that, uh, suited the songs, but also told like a larger story that wasn't necessarily uh, actually a part of the original songwriting process. So it was a really cool thing for us to um, just kind of flesh out what the songs could be as a story and then look at ways of joining them together so that um, it does tell a larger idea. Um, and so kind of gave their stories a new lease on life as well. Um, so that's kind of the the theory side of behind it. And then Steph was a lot more into the technical planning about how to achieve it all. So you maybe want to expand from there. Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting because I almost feel like we got the idea for the blind first. Mm. And then it was like, okay, well, I knew that that was the end of the story. And then I was like, but how do I get to that point? And I have a, like, I don't want to like kind of reveal what like the overall story is because I think hopefully when the next single comes out, um, that will all kind of make sense for everybody. But, you know, the story is really important. Um, mm-hmm. and it tells a really, really, a message that's really, really close to my heart. Um, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I, I don't know how to like, like talk in like secret or code about like the, <laughs> the message. It's like, it's weird to like filter myself, but, but basically, yeah, it's, it's a very important, um, thing for, for everyone in the band really and I how do I how do I go into it Jess <laughs> I'm like oh, I'm just I think like what's kind of cool is that as much as we are telling a story that's very important to us we didn't get caught up in having to be too serious about it um, and I think that we we recognize that you know primarily we're audio creators we're not visual creators but that doesn't mean that we, like Steph said, we're really into anime. We're really into a lot of, um, you know, visual media as well. So to draw upon things like Squid Game that just captured our imagination or Stranger Things like in Carnage, um, it's a fun way to kind of flesh out those ideas without having to um, reinvent the wheel, essentially, um, and, you know, mixing a lot of different ideas. Like in The Blind, it's, you know, The Price is Life. It's kind of like a weird-ass Japanese game show, um, you know. So that's kind of the vibe for it. Um, and 
it's kind of fun because you, you, you won't have any idea what's going on until we get to the, the last video. It's like it kind of comes together and you'll, you'll be like, okay, fair. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're excited. Um, maybe we have to have another chat <laughs> down the track once it's out. Um, but, yeah, I think, Steph, you're right. It is kind of hard to go too far into it. But um, I think in the, the planning of the videos themselves, you know, like we shot all three in one day, um, made it as cost-efficient as possible um, and as time-efficient as we could for ourselves um hell of a thing you know doing that much animation um we might you know do the next set without that much animation so that we can test out some different kind of creative angles and um potentially save that for the next things after that but um yeah we couldn't be happier with the what the product was ultimately and um yeah really excited to see how everyone feels about that as an overall story once it's all out there and, and it was really cool as well because now now that I'm remembering our process, there's a bunch of Easter eggs mm. in these video clips that if you, like when the next set of songs gets released as well, so like we do another EP, let's say, um, <clears throat> there'll be things in these first three video clips that you'll be like, oh, okay, when they mentioned this, that was for this song. So that's what we're also trying to do in, in being very intentional is just like you know, putting some really cool stuff in there for for fans as well, for like you know future or like present fans too, so they can go back, enjoy things, find like just little hidden meetings. Because I guess like I love that stuff myself. Like I love when story writers or you know even yeah story writers like put all of these things in that towards the end. You're like oh okay, that actually showed me that this was coming up, but I didn't even see that that was coming up. And that's not to say that we're always going to have like this continuing story necessarily because I don't want to get shoeboxed into always having to, you know, have a particular character and then write this particular character in this certain way. Like all of our songs are, are my personal, you know, I'm telling my own personal stories. And sometimes I might not want to share my personal stories with the world, which is why, you know, with with these three songs and these three video clips, that's why we were like, how can we do an, an overarching story that other people can also relate to? So I guess I can still keep some of myself a little bit private, but like, you know, I'm sure there might be a time when I, I divulge my personal insights into some of these, but yeah, that's, I guess that's a good summary. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds really interesting. And I think it's nice because I know, and especially in the heavy genres, a lot of bands sort of get stuck with the the creativity part and it ends up just being one of those like live, you sort of almost live performance film clips in like an abandoned warehouse or something like that. And it's something like they spend a lot of money on, but it's not something that's going to stick in your memory. And I know whenever I hear your songs, I'm going to picture these film clips as well, which is a really, a really cool thing. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and it is, it's, it's such an expensive thing to do. And there's so many things that require money in a band. So we've got to be really careful about where we put it um, so that we can do the things that we want to do, but also appear the way that we want to appear. Um, and it's it's kind of a constant balancing of those two things. Like we'd love to just put all of our money into sick videos, but, um, you know, it's a different point. Like we hadn't really released yet when we were creating those. So we we're like, okay, we can put some more money in. Whereas now looking towards next year and, um, we're putting money aside so we can do tours or go interstate shows, you know. And so with that, the strategy evolves, the content strategy, the music release strategy, and that's, yeah, we're trying to be as flexible as possible to work within that. Mm. 
And filming three music videos in a day must have been pretty taxing. How, how did you guys feel at the end of the day? Um, I mean, how do we feel a week later? Even <laughs> 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 no, it was it was good. Like everything was like almost like clockwork. Like we we had a really good schedule, like with the whole team. It was like you know, cool. Steph is going to take longer because I've got to go into makeup and hair. So it's like cool. Then we're going to film, you know, Jesse, then Sully, then. And the beauty of green screen is we didn't have to be all together all at once. We all just filmed individually. So it was oh, a really wow. good, a really good rotation. But it was also really strange because like you're performing and you don't have like the energy of your bandmates next to you. Mm. But, but like in the final product, we're all together. You know? Yeah. So it's like it was it was very, very um strange, but also just a really cool different way of shooting a video clip than what we've done in the past. Definitely. Yeah, fantastic. And um, obviously you guys wasted no time taking these songs out on the road. Um, you played a bunch of gigs this year, which is really cool to see. Um, what have been some of your favourites of the of the year so far? Um, the Alira show was pretty cool. That was fun, first time playing the Bergie. Um, and, yeah, just I guess we kind of were experimenting and using different songs in the set and I'm pretty sure that one we put interludes in for the first time as well. So we created kind of like this one experience from start to the end. So there wasn't any silence in there. Um, so that felt really cool. Um, so the Outlaw one- Out show was pretty pretty. Outlaw was sick as well, yeah. Yeah, that was just at Stay Gold. And like, I feel like they almost sold that that place out, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. That was pretty packed. Like, it was, it was great. Like, you know, and what's really, really cool as well, just to like, you know, tangent a little bit is, People are coming down early to see us, mm. which just blows my mind. You know, like post-COVID, I feel like people didn't really care too much. Um, sorry, pre-COVID, people didn't really care too much about like opening bands or, you know, you'd be like, oh, I'll rock up for the second one kind of thing. But, man, like the the scene's really turning up um, and, and that's just really, really fucking cool. So, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, another thing I really love about you guys is, your willingness to show sort of different versions of your songs. Uh, so you've got like the mystic remix of the blind or like the lo-fi version of Horace. Do you think that showing versatility is important in, I guess, standing out from the pack? Um, look, I don't know if it's like a, a make or break for bands necessarily, but one of our like our key things as a band is we just want to have accessibility. We want our music to be able to you know, appeal to whoever wants to listen to us. Like I feel like we've sort of decided we've got this core sound, this is the music we want to make, and these alternate versions is just a way of pushing ourselves as songwriters for us to be trying some different things. Like, you know, we've got more more alternate versions coming out, and I think we really draw inspiration from, and Jess, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, like Lincoln Park, they were a band that diversified so much. They had, like, alternate versions of their songs that were just amazing in and of themselves so whilst like we find it important for us to showcase who we are I don't know if I would say like it is a thing that everyone has to do um but yeah I I personally love it for for myself yeah Yeah. and I think that to be honest it's kind of a a tricky thing to do um and kind of a dangerous thing to do if you don't want to do it without being too intentional with it either because um to put out too many different things um you could confuse your fan base and you could infuse what people expect you to be. So for us, it, it has been more, not so much about trying to put 
um, our fingers in different pies in different genres or whatever, but more that like what I liked about what really captured me about Linkin Park's, you know, reanimation album um, was that I already loved those songs, but then you get to hear them in a different way. And they might use some parts that were in the original track that you hadn't actually noticed that sound in the original until you listened to it and it was kind of more present in the remix. And then you go back to the original and you can hear it in a different way again. Um, or the chorus is sung a little bit differently. And so you can kind of create a deeper connection to things in a similar way to how we've got, you know, those Easter eggs in the videos. It's just you've got surface level things and if, you know, when you like something, you kind of want to know a little bit more about it. And you, when you can keep digging to different, like, lower levels of something and there's still substance further than what you expected, it can be a really rewarding process of, it's like getting to know someone. Um, so having that, you know, like in the lo-fis, I, we, I made them basically just from the extra samples that we had in the track, chose a few key parts that were really nice textures that worked in the lo-fi kind of environment. Um, and, you know, we found a really cute little plug-in called Lo-Fi Panda, which gave us some nice authentic kind of <laughs> sounding sounds as well to tie that all together. And like Steph said, you know, it's a really good way of experimenting with your songwriting. And A, it's fun. B, it's kind of like if you have a song that can be turned into a Lo-Fi, can be remixed, um, it's a bit of a sign that the song structure or its bones are pretty healthy. And we keep learning more about, it's almost like we're studying our own songs by doing it. And that's like this self-reflection process that allows us to continue evolving in an intentional way rather than just kind of writing and whatever your flavor of the week is of what you're listening to comes out. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I've really been enjoying about those, um, the alternate tracks too. And I really like, like I love when bands give me, you know, an acoustic or a lo-fi or a remix personally because for me it's like when I decide, okay, I'm going to listen to music, if I'm not feeling like something that's like heavy and I just want to like have some background music, I can still support that artist mm -hmm. because I can now put their alternate into like, you know, a lo-fi playlist that I've got for myself and just chill and it's like now I'm supporting a band that isn't necessarily in like the mainstream genres. So it's like it just it's really cool for me as well to now have alternates for ourselves just in case other people have similar listening habits to, you know, myself. Yeah, and, and I think as well Mystique is so talented and has such a cool following. I'm sure it would have brought some new ears to your song as well, um, having her attached to the project. And I love what she did with The Blind. It's really cool. She's incredible. I mean, like, we just gave her, like, a piano version and we were just like, okay, I'm thinking just keep piano. And she came back to us. She's like, hey, I actually want to maybe go like this, this, and this. How do you feel? And we were just like, do whatever you want. Like <laughs> free reign. You've got my vocal lines already. Like just whatever you think is going to be best. So, yeah, the songs we've done with her, she's done her own, mm. her own take on kind of like what we'd already sort of given. And, man, I couldn't have asked for it to come out better than what it did. Like she's incredible i can't talk her up enough to be honest like just how professional she runs herself and like obviously the product itself is just next level so anyone wanting to work with someone to remix go to mystique because like she's she's probably one of the best i think in the world at this point and she's worth the money like and it was just it's, it's like a testament to how good the process was is I was planning to take the tracks back once she'd made them and I would do the mixing and the mastering for them like I do for all the other stuff that we do. Um, and 
she was just feeling it so much that she came back to me like, hey, I've got my guy who usually mixes and masters my stuff. He obviously is used to doing it for this specific genre or these sounds as well. Um, did you want to use him? And I was like, no, no, I'll, I'll uh, hang up like my control freak onto the wall here and let them um, go at it. And yeah, they came back and I didn't even have, like I had one revision and it was because one thing was distorting in a way that he hadn't intended. So the actual product was just literally perfect from there. It's dude named Santi. Well, it's his, his you know, moniker, whatever he goes for. So, um, but yeah, really could not speak more highly of that whole process. Yeah, fantastic. And um, you guys have been a band for a long time now. Surely you've got some embarrassing gig stories. Uh, is there anything you'd like to share with us on the show? Ooh. I mean, I, 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 I remember I, I always end up pulling my microphone cable out. <laughs> that's, happened, that's happened to me a couple of times, um, which is always always throws you out, out of focus. Mm. If that's the worst you've got, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm trying to feel like there's, there's got to be worse than that. I've fallen off a couple of stages. Um, I, have, I haven't generally had the strongest sense of balance or uh, just general stability muscles in my hips um, until more recently. I'm getting a little bit better, but in the past, yeah, I'll be a bit overzealous um, and enjoy myself a little bit too much and find myself off the side, of the side or the front of the stage. Oh, no, As I did one recently. I fell over at the Ghost Seeker show when you weren't there. Yeah, that's right. I yeah, legit. Well, it was at what's the place? The Gasso. Yeah. So, kind of an OHS incident waiting to happen. Um, so small, and there's cables and stuff everywhere. Um, and yeah, I slipped back over a foldback, I think, ended up on my ass. Like I didn't go through the drum kit, thank God. Um, and I kind of came back up. I think I played on the ground for a little bit, but that was fun. Um, we got some got some good. Um, probably got some good photos of it. So yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Well, just a few more to wrap it up. But uh, who were some Aussie acts we should be checking out? Penny Parker, for sure. Mm. She is incredible. She just opened for Enter Shikari, and we played with her. Um, Did we play with her? Was that Our Love? Yeah, that was the Our Love show. Yeah, and she's just as incredible live as she is on the record. So 100% Penny Parker for me. Yeah, definitely. Um for me, um, I'm a bit biased, I guess. I've been filling in the gloom in the corner a little bit this year. Um, boys are off nice. in Europe at the moment, slaying. Um, we're both huge fans of gloom. Um, and I think if anyone isn't currently listening to them, um, they got something wrong with their head. They should probably get into it. Like we were talking about earlier, stories, um, depth to explore within that, that kind of a um, sound and the story itself. Um, yeah, definitely gloom for me. Awesome. And uh, you, you mentioned that there's some new music on the way. Uh, how soon can we hear something new and can we expect any more curveballs? <laughs> um, we're currently, we're, we're tracking the final versions of the next set of, set of songs. And I reckon if you guys come to our gig in January with Loon, you will probably hear maybe one definitely new song potentially two new songs. Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, thanks for very much for joining us, guys. It's been really, really nice to chat to you and learn a bit more about, about the band and your creative process. So you're clearly, you know, people that are very creative and think very intensely about these things and it's nice to sort of get, uh, I guess, behind the scenes of what you've guys managed to achieve. So, yeah, I really appreciate you guys coming on. 
Well, thanks, man. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Um, there have been some good questions and always fun to talk about. Like so much gets hidden behind the scenes. Um, so it's fun to actually chat about it and describe some of the stuff that we go through as well. Yeah, definitely, man. Like it's, it's been great. Like Jesse said, good questions, good conversations. You know, can't go wrong with that. Awesome. Well, um, is there anything you guys like to plug before before we let you go? Just our show with Loon on January 12th. Um, definitely, definitely come to that one. You don't want to miss it. Loon is also another band. Everyone should 100% yes. hear. Their, um, their new record, man, is insane. Absolutely Huge. insane. So that's going to be a hell of a show. You definitely don't want to miss that. Amazing. Well, uh, thanks again, guys. We'll, uh, I'll try and make it out. I think my my daughter will be very much taking up a lot of my time <laughs> then. But, uh, yeah, no, anyone who's listening should definitely check out Silver Fang on the socials and get out to that show because it sounds like it's going to be a huge night. Yeah, it's going to be great. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Mikey. Take care. Yeah.